Welcome to the Mind of the Fans podcast. Your go-to show for all things Premier League football. Join host David and Spy every week as they dissect the best and worst moments from each match. Delivering insightful analysis and engaging discussions from intense rivalries to top-notch performances. They've got you covered, but it doesn't stop there. Stay tuned for updates on major European games and breaking news. Get ready for an unforgettable football experience on the Mind of the Fans podcast. Let the games begin. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind of the Fans podcast. I'm David, his spy. We're so glad to join you guys once again on another episode of this amazing podcast. Spy, how you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm amazing. I have so much energy right now. I think I can fly to the moon and back. Do you believe that though? Uh, at this point in time, I, I believe anything is possible from what I just witnessed today. So anything is possible. What did you witness though? I witnessed a man make a couple of mistakes, which cost us second times this season. So anything I can possible. see that someone is still salty. Indeed. Well, anyways, won't, won't, let's not hold... Let's not hold on too long, you know. Let's get right into it. First and foremost, we want to thank you guys so much again. You know, we can't do this without you guys, without your support or your love. So thank you guys so much for everything. What to especially apologize for last week. Last week, we had some technical difficulties. Sorry, not technical difficulties. Some personal events came up and we weren't able to bring you guys an, an amazing episode last week. So we, we duly apologize for that. We promise not to not to go that route again. So, so that's where we want to start off just by saying sorry and hope you guys still stick with us and continue to show us your amazing support and love. With all the gestures by showing me, I think he agrees with me 100%. Yes, I do. 100%. He does agree with me 100%. So yes, what do we have in stuff for you guys today? So match week 7 just rounded up. We have some really big things to discuss. Up, to discuss. First off, we have obviously Villa dominating Brighton. We have United falling to Palace. We have Wolves taking down City unexpectedly. We have Arsenal cruising comfortably. And then we have Spurs beating nine-man Liverpool in a very controversial game. And to round it up, Chelsea finally winning since August. So let's jump right into it. Matrix 7, obviously we couldn't give our score predictions. But Spy, do you want to go ahead and tell the people the score predictions for Matrix 7? Score predictions? Sorry, score the results from Matrix 7, the actual scores from Matrix 7. My bad. Oh, okay. So Matrix 7, well, we, we had a very beautiful set of fixtures. Some shockers as well. So we'll start from the shocker. Aston Villa, Brighton. Yeah. Villa won 6-1. Then we had Manchester United, Crystal Palace. United lost, as usual, 1-0. Newcastle won, Burnley 2-0. Wolverhampton beat, Man City 2-1. Arsenal comfortably, comfortably won, Bournemouth 4-0. West Ham won, Sheffield United 2-0. Luton Town grabbed their first win of the season. To Everton 2-1. Tottenham won a very intense game with some dodgy refereeing. I believe the word is controversial. I believe dodgy. the word is controversial. My United Kingdom people, we know dodgy. Nottingham Forest drew with Brentford 1-0. A red card in that match as well. Fulham Chelsea 2-0 to Chelsea. And the last of them all, Luton Town Burnley, because I think Luton Town had a double game week. Yeah, Luton Town and Burnley had their rescheduled game. Burnley won that 2-1. 
Okay, so let's dive right into it. Started with obviously Villa Brighton. We all know Villa, Villa Brighton, and Newcastle. We all know they are the after the top six, they are the next big teams. So, did you expect the scoreline considering how dominant both Villa and Brighton were? Honestly, I expected it to be a very tight game. The two, I'll, I'll put the word past underdogs because right now they're not really underdogs no more. The two past underdogs facing each other. They're having both a quite brilliant season, especially for Brighton. Brighton, they had a brilliant season last season. And they're still having a brilliant season this season. So I did not expect that scoreline. But Villa, they turned up at home and they, not they, Oli Watkins individually showed a masterclass. Yeah, which is wonderful hat trick. So, and obviously we know Brighton, and as I say, obviously we know Brighton played really intense attacking football. We know they are. They, I think no team has scored more goals other than City and Arsenal in the last year or so. So, did you expect them? Okay, my question is: with the way they score goals, do you think that's what led them to be vulnerable against a very also intense Villa side? Because since Emery took over, they have been really intense and, you know, they have been playing really good football. So is that, do you think that's what cost them to concede as many as six? Honestly, no, I don't think so. I think the Villa, the Villa players, they just got everything right in the first half. Because the game was already settled in the first half. And I think, it, it, I will not say Brighton made a lot of mistakes. But I would say Villa, they were just class. And Brighton did not really understand what was happening. Credit to Villa because they did play in amazing football. They caught Brighton out. The back line could not keep up. Watkins' pace was just crazy. And I have Watkins on my FPL. So. Your FPL must be a strange, strange, strange team. Bro, I'm first in that league, though. What league? I'm not in any league you're in. Uh, bro, I don't know how you're not in the league, though. Like, you know, all those, all of us from, like, CF, from CFC. Oh, I'm not in that league anymore because that's a different account. I changed my account. But my FPL team, I'm chilling. I'm literally top 200,000. I am chilling. But do you have Watkins? No, I don't, actually. No. Do you have Son? No, I don't. I don't need him. I see. Well, yeah. I have I have Son. I have Watkins. I'm, I'm actually enjoying life as an FPL manager. So anyway, moving on to the next game. What's the next game? Spy? What should we move on to? I think what we should touch in the next game. Without, I think we'll go to the Man U match. We'll go to Man U match. Lovely. So obviously, United losing 1-0 to Palace at home. I think this is their second loss in four games at Old Trafford. Since they lost to Brighton. Yes, this is their second loss at Old Trafford since they lost to Brighton. So, looking at game, obviously, I, I, I don't want to say United played badly, but then you could see there was no structure in the team in any way. Like, no structure in the team. You could see Casemiro playing attacking midfield instead of him being the four. Bruno was playing right wing, pretty much. There was no difference between attacking and defending. And even with that, though, I still think there was, there's a little bit of hope because Palace couldn't score more than one. And obviously, their goal was just really good. Like, Palace, that goal was just really good. It was a good play, but I still go back to the fact that we won Palace during the week. Yeah. So why couldn't we repeat the job when United? I mean, it's one of those things where I think, when I look at it, it's one of those things where 
the team that loses in the week comes and is like, we're not going to allow them beat us twice type of thing. I kind of guessed as much. Yeah, I kind of, I, I expected because it's some, something that this happened last season. We played a team during the week, we won them, then during the match day, they won us. No, 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 no. It didn't happen last night. It was West Ham. You guys played West Ham midweek and then you played them the following match week. But then you guys beat them both times. I think it also happened last season as well. We lost one. It's either we lost to them during the weekend and we won them on the weekend or vice versa. So if you couldn't have beat West Ham during the week? No, West Ham. That was probably the... a different thing. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Well, probably, maybe we'll probably think of that. But yeah, so, but then as it goes back again to obviously United won. They had won two games already and then they come into this game and it's like two steps forward, one step backward type of thing. Again, goes back to like no structure in the play, no identity in the team. Most teams, when they come, you are like, this is what we're expecting. This is what we'll see. But with United, we do not see anything, no structure. We do not see any identity. It's like, okay, just give the ball to Bruno. Bruno sends it to Rashford down the wing. And Rashford's run. And then... He doesn't pass. He just cuts in and tries to finesse it. And today, that he was meant to do that run and shoot like he always does without passing. Today, he decided to be unselfish. Fair enough, he worked out for the first goal when I was holding. But the second chance he got, 1v1, are you trying to score it? Yeah, just for reference, while recording this on Tuesday, United obviously played today Champions League against Galatasaray at Old Trafford and they lost 3-2. Rosemary Hoyland with the brace and one of the goals assisted by Rashford so but still and I was watching I was watching that game and I don't want to go too deep into UEFA chat because that's not what we're discussing but I was watching that game and to a certain level there was structure but then in the in the offensive side there was structure in the, in the offense but in the defense where we come to the defense the mistakes were just stupid and it goes back to when Palace scored. Palace goal, no one was marking Anderson like he had so much time to pick where the ball was, was going like he had so much time, which is crazy. Like I, I don't I mean I don't even know what to say about that. Like defense sometimes just switches off. Well, ninety five percent of the time it just switches off. Whenever we go, we have like a good run of play or we create chances or we score. The defense just goes blank for like five, ten minutes. And that's when teams find and Exactly. Right. So my, my question is my question obviously if every we're starting this where every of every game we are, we have a question. So my question from this game is what went wrong for United? I mean obviously we have discussed it, but like what do you think went what would you say precisely went wrong? Is it the tactics? Is it the personnel? Is it the overall what what personally went wrong? Um on the weekend, what went wrong is what we're still on. The back line. The quality is there. But the chemistry, they keep switching off and they don't have that standing figure, like Martinez, that standing figure, that outspoken person to yeah. tell them you're not in the right place. During the weekend, you could say Anderson, he had time, space, ages, he had minutes on the ball. Today again, you could also say the Garatessi midfielder, he had pockets of space that no one picked up. Zaha was able to get in behind, but back to Premier League. The centre-backs, like if you see the Varane and... Martinez combination. You see that Martinez is the is the butcher, the outspoken one. Yeah. He commands the back line. He does this, he does that. As little as he is. I respect him for that. But when you have Varane and Lindelof or Johnny Evans or whatever, there is no outspoken person. And Bruno Fernandez is not as the captain, he's not going to tell the defense how to run their job. 
So there is no output, there's no leader in that back line. So it's just like everyone is playing individual football. That's why I bring it back to chemistry. Chemistry is not there. And that needs to be sorted out. Either Onana speaks to his defenders and also speaks himself because he's, at the end of the day, your defense also has to have a keeper to lay back on, a keeper they can trust. And nowadays, looking like Onana is not very trustworthy. Yeah, so exactly. They just need to sort that out. And I think because the chances are there for United, the goals are kind of there, but the chances most especially are there. You just need to sort out that back line, sort out that midfield. Luke Shaw needs to be fit so that Amrabat goes in that midfield and helps Casemiro. And I think we'll have a very strong side. Definitely. You know, and I think also the injuries are helping matters. Like, we said this, we said this sometime back. Well, you know, me and you on the sideline were arguing one day, I were like, are the injuries the cause of United's downfall? Or are they a significant reason why United isn't doing what United should be doing? And I actually, I do believe so that the injuries, Ten Hag has had a full, like, fully fit squad. So it, it, it's difficult for him to find that consistent starting level because every day you keep hearing this person is injured, this person is this, this person is that. And with all the other external stuff also going on. So I do feel injuries too are playing a major role in this issue with United. But anyways, let's transition quickly to the blue side of Manchester. Wolves beating Manchester City 2-1. Before we analyze this game, my question for you is, are City feeling the fatigue of the treble? Oh, why do you say I so? would I wouldn't say that because they're they're not I would not say they're used to the treble or whatever but I would say they're used to challenging for all three so it's not it's not fatigue anymore fatigue here from the maybe celebrations or whatever but I don't think that affects you in the season I think maybe first three games maybe the game against Arsenal Community Shield it could have affected them but now the season has started you've had your break you've had your rehabilitation whatsoever you call it and you're back on form what it is is for the past four five years of Pep Guardiola being in Manchester City he has had a problem with two teams Crystal sorry Wolverhampton and Southampton and I don't think he has gotten the right tactics to beat those two teams for the past five years he's been in Manchester City check all the results He's always struggled with both of them. And that last week or this past match week just proved it again that he's still struggling to find the correct tactics to play against Wolverhampton. So it has nothing to do with the fact that Rodri was absent? He, I don't think he has nothing to do with that fact. I just think that Pep himself doesn't have what it takes to comfortably beat Wolverhampton and Southampton from history and present. Well, this is, the f- this is the champion's first loss of the season. I mean, we're just seven games in. I don't think it means anything, to be honest. But it's just really shocking that... I think Haaland had like five, seven touches. Had like one shot on goal, which is kind of surprising. Well, not surprising anyways, but like you expect at least a goal from him. You would expect a goal from him, but we did not get any goal from him. So that was kind of... um That was a kind of boss kill, especially for like FPL owners. Honestly, right now... I think I might just go into full-time FPL at this point because I am comfortably sitting on about 200, top 300 in the world right now. So I, my friend, I am very, very, very comfortable. FPL, I don't know what I'm doing with my team, but I'm cooking. I can see it. I'm cooking. Well, good for you. So obviously, City play Arsenal next game week. Big, big one. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Moving on now to Arsenal. As I said, City just... Let me just say this. City, obviously, I think it's just a one-time play, and I don't think they'll lose more than seven games in the season. If they do, that'll be that'll be crazy. But I think it's just a one-time thing. They won't they won't beat Arsenal. I'm saying I'm dropping that now. They will not beat Arsenal. It's comfortably walk over Arsenal. 
But I just think this is a one-time thing. Bournemouth Arsenal. Arsenal comfortably cruising past Bournemouth 4-0. Kai Havertz scored his first goal. I think that was a really nice gesture by the Arsenal players. Martin Odegaard to be specific. Any big thing from there? Not really. Just, just That game just shows me that Arsenal has a backbone. And now I'd like to see how that will be because the backbone is injured right now. So I'd like to see how next week will be for Arsenal. Are you... Is it that Bukayo Saka? That is your backbone and your golden boy. Well, yeah, he got he got injured today. We lost the game. Immediately he got... He immediately got subbed out. The game just kind of changed. Kind of got out of us a bit. Because, as I said, the backbone. Once you take the backbone out of the body, what happens to the body? Obviously, it becomes feeble. But, I mean, I don't want to say we're reliant on him, but, like, every... You kind of see that when he's not in the game, things are not as smooth as they should be. But I, I have all hope that he'll be back. But... I'm so happy for my man, Kai Havertz. Okay, not my man, I'm sorry. But I'm so happy for my player, Kai Havertz. He was really, he played a good game and then he topped it off with a goal. His first goal. No more double seven or double eight, all those memes. So I guess that's, that's the biggest takeaway from that game. Next up, Luton Town Everton. Luton grabbed their first win of the ever in the Premier League season, the Premier League campaign against Everton. Apparently, Everton were on a one year old they had some vibe going on but then Luton kind of extinguished it how many how many games do you see Luton Town winning one so they, they only beat Everton and that's it that's it I mean they did lose to Burnley too who also grabbed their first win back in the Premier League today also against Luton Town so I'm sorry yeah. Luton Town yes you've done a whole um dream promotion dream campaign whatsoever but that dream it has to end in the sense of you need to spend money because right now you're bringing boys that have no experience put in your mind that if you see the skill gap between championship and premier league that's a that's a conversation that i I just recently saw like that there's a really big skill if you see the skill gap between those two and now you're bringing boys that not just come from championship no they came from i will use the word sunday league yeah or saturday league rather and they did the whole mission to the premier league and now they got the money. Yes, you have to renovate your stadium. Your stadium is in people's backyards. We understand that. But you also need to spend money. You've exactly. done the dream. Now you need to have some experience. Some people that know what it's like to play in the Premier League. Some people that understand the tempo the Premier League is all about. Because check this out. First game of Luton Tower this season against Brighton. First 20 minutes they were in the game. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did talk about it. Yeah. And after that, boom. Brighton showed them that, listen, you're new here. First 20 minutes, you still have, what, 70 to go? And that's it. Brighton showed them that this is Premier League. This is not Championship. This is not League One. This is Premier League. And they've been struggling. And good thing they found their rhythm against Everton, which I just feel like it's not even going to be... It's not, it, they didn't find the rhythm. They just found a team that is struggling. I mean, Everton, to give the Everton benefit, they were on a vibe. They had won two games on the spin. They, they have won two games, but they just came from a loss against what? Nah, they, they won two games, yeah, because of the lives of Dominic Cavalier coming back and Dokure being on form. They did, they beat Villa in, their league, in the League Cup, so... Yeah, they were on a roll, but at the end of the day, Everton is not that organized team that they used to be with the lives of Sigurdsson, Richarlison, so on and so forth. Everton is different now. They have lives of don't don't get me wrong, Dominic Alvalewin, he is a class player. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you need something else. Yeah. So good thing they won Villa 
Yeah, but Luton thought all they needed to do was to be organized and get them chances, finish them off, and that's what they did. Yeah. But um, I don't think that that is going to happen again for Luton Town unless this January coming, they do some big money transfers. Well, then I guess you have probably answered my question for this game. My question for the game was, what does the win then mean for Luton Town? What does it do for them? Do you, obviously, they, lo- they lost to Burnley today, but do you think that would be like a... It gives them at least... To- Stepping to a bit of confidence. I'm pretty sure they had a little celebration within the team after the game. It felt good. And yeah, confidence. The drive to, you know, try not to get relegated because the relegating mentality starts from now. Try not to get relegated. Stay in the, stay in the Premier League for like more and more season. And then they will understand what it's really about. January coming, they need to make some transfers. By the way, Luton Town, I'm available. Have Premier League experience in FIFA. So yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all? Play, no, play my car- play play no. my career two four seven. Not my career, sorry. Play a yeah. career two four seven. No, play play career two four seven. I'm different. We hundred percent have periodic experience. Hundred yes. percent. Okay, no. moving on to the next. Moving on to the next one. Burnley Newcastle. Obviously, Burnley lost that game and they ended up beating. Luton Town today got their first win. If you remember very well with my predictions, I was like, I'm not worried for new for Burnley. I when 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 it clicks, it will click and we'll see what what they have in store. Any big thing from there? On the Burnley game? I just Yeah, I just, both games against Newcastle and then obviously against Luton Town. They lost to Newcastle to new. Against Newcastle, you just you don't go to St. James's Park and expect something. I'm pretty sure Newcastle will Newcastle was at home, right? Yeah. You don't go to St. James's Park and expect some. I'm sorry, but Eddie Howe is not going to allow that. And yeah. uh, Burnley, credit to Vincent's company. Yeah. Credit to him for, you know, giving us just kind of a defeat in the same what, space of what, two days? Two days, both back, back-to-back back away games. Yeah, in the space of two days on the road and you're getting a victory. I mean, not against a big team. It's, but it's against, your fellow Luton Town, yeah. I wouldn't say fellow. I mean, but, you know what I mean? Fellow team from like the championship. And, um, yeah, yeah, basically. So, yeah, yeah, credit to them for the bounce back. That will give the boys confidence for the next game week. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to who they are playing in a minute. Let's talk about fellow... Promoted side Sheffield obviously lost to West Ham at the London Stadium. Anything from there? Are you worried for about worried for Sheffield? They need to, they need to start getting those results, right? Oh, they need to. They really need to because by game week twelve, we can already predict who's going to get relegated. Even right now, I can see the signs. And um, Sheffield United, they have what? From correct, they have just one point. Yes, they are bottom of the league with just one point. Just one point. And they need to they need to start getting victories or draws or just they just need to do something. Because yeah, very soon it's going to it's going to go downhill for them. Yeah, because they have considered 19 goals. Okay, let's move on to the next game. The big one, the big one of the match week. Liverpool. Liverpool Spurs Spurs were home obviously with all the controversies. Other than the controversies, do you think Spurs deserve to win the game? Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Well, like I said about that game is Spurs, they did not really deserve to win the game. But like I keep saying, once James Madison is injured, Spurs is going to fall. In that game, you could see him setting up some two times, if I'm not mistaken. No, Richardson set up one. Yeah. Richardson set up one. You see, the second... Oh, he set up Richardson. Sorry, he set up some. Beautiful pass, by the way. But you could see that threat when Madison's up there. If Madison's get if Madison gets injured, I'm sorry, but Bentancourt is not a replacement. 
Yeah. Spurs is going to go downhill once he gets injured. And, so have, and, and we all know James Madison cannot go a season without having a taste of injury. I mean, hopefully, I hope he doesn't get injured. But also, I have, I have three questions from that game. Three really important questions. The first one, the two red cards, do you think they should have been red cards? Of course not. Especially Diego Jota's. His own was criminal. I think Liverpool need to um, appeal for that. Because the first, like the first, yellow, the first card. yellow card was not even... It was meant to be a stimulation against yeah. the other thing. Because he was just... He did not even attempt. He was just jogging back, trying to keep up with him. He did not attempt to play the ball. He did not even attempt to look at it. He was jogging back casually and... And lace whatever tangled, or it not even look like a tangled. It looked like um Odogi. That's the name. Yeah, it looked like a little click. It, I, you it know, when even, I saw the review, I didn't see even, any it, touch. Yeah, you, I didn't see. You any basically touch. don't see nothing. But from the reps' point of view, yeah, we saw Jota's like so close his legs, and you know what can happen with that. But at least that is not meant to be a yellow card. At most, a warning. At, at most. most, exactly. Exactly. So his red card was just criminal. Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones. He was late. He was late. So I think yeah, he the ref was spot on that decision. He was late and he was a bit high. I so, mean, yeah. he was. He he was. You could see. I mean, I don't think there was any ill intent to it though, considering his feet slid off the ball. I mean, I, yeah, pretty much. I get what you're saying, but yeah. You know, we can debate it from now to that kingdom come, and I think it won't change anything. Yeah, we can de- we can literally debate it from now to that kingdom come, and it will probably not change anything. But the next controversy, obviously, Luis Diaz goal that was ruled offside. The refereeing body released the f- the audio from that match. That is criminal. That audio, I don't know if you have heard the audio. That audio is criminal. Like well, I feel like they should replay that game because of that. What was the audio? Oh no, I can't. I wish I could play it for you right now, but that audio is criminal. Like, didn't do what was said was that. So they made it. So the VR guys thought it was a the 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 on-field ruling was a goal. So they checked it and they're like, yeah, he's he's a goal. That's a goal. That's a clean goal. And then the person checking the stuff, doing all the lines and stuff, tells the assist the fourth official in the VR room that that's a that's a goal. And he tells them, okay, yeah, check complete, on-field decision correct. Thinking he meant it was a goal, but then when they realized that it was given as offside, the person checking the screen, the lines and all that stuff, tells the fourth official. And the fourth official is like trying to get the attention of the referee and telling him, but that's not right. That's not right. They should stop the game. They should stop the game. And referee is like, the referee is like, there's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do. Because they had already restarted. You know, once the ball is already in play, he can't stop the, he can't stop the ball. They had already played the free kick. They couldn't stop the ball. Like, do you see what was going on? you see what was going on? I think that was really criminal. Like, yeah. badly. That was bad. The whole game, the whole pads, the whole offside rule, the whole game itself was just criminal. I think the referee had a bet on the squad on Tottenham to win and he wasn't trying to lose money that day, so I assume you are just joking. But that's not that's not I assume you are just joking with that. But I mean credit credit to Liverpool, even with the nine men, they still played really reliant sorry, really, really resilient football, almost going for the draw, almost taking the point. They could have probably taken all three points. But the Matip on goal, that was a really that was a really sad moment, I think. That was a really sad moment. Yeah, 100% because you just your, your team is grafting up to the last minute and then 
you get unlucky and the ongoing stands. So. And the amount, the amount of VR apologies just from like January of last season. No, sorry, just from like last season have been a lot. Like number of games where you you hear human error, human error, human error. Like it's just re- at at a point now it just becomes really annoying when you hear you, you we we are literally seeing it on the on the field. We're seeing that he's onside and you still they are still making mistakes. Like when does it change? Like when does it really change? I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I really feel pissed for them because like you know it happened to Arsenal too against United and happened against Brentford last season. So it just becomes really annoying. Anyways, let's move on from there. Let's before we round up, let's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea finally won, scored two goals. Mikhailo Modric finally scored. That should mean something now, doesn't it? Does it really? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it means anything. Honestly, I just think it was a game that they had the few chances. Modric, we've seen this happen last season. He scored. He scores a goal and then he goes back to classic Modric. We've seen this happen a lot of times. So I'm not really expecting anything from this. So yeah, I think you have pretty much answered my question. My question for this game was: Do you see Chelsea going on the up with this win? And my answer to your question is no. I don't see it. They still have a lot to do. So and this is like a this is like a two steps forward, one step back, five steps backward type thing. Yeah, basically, yeah. But yeah, credit to Chelsea, Mokalo Modric with the goal, with the first goal, and and Boha Boha obviously starting since August after his ACL. I think it was ACL injury coming back to the starting lineup and scored. Yeah. And then just touching on a few results also, Brentford drew with Forest 1-1. Nothing too serious there. I think Brentford looked to be coming back. I think in the past three games they have played, they haven't looked their best. Obviously got beaten at Everton, right? Yeah, they obviously got... Yeah, they got beaten by Everton 3-1. Then got beat by... Before that, got beat by Newcastle. 1-0 then lost to Arsenal in the League Cup so and they play United next so I think their second half performance against Forest really showed considerable growth that they are probably going back and heading in the right direction so that's I think that's the only thing we'll see on that game let us move on to our match week 8 prediction match week before the international break Yes, this is the matric before the international break, the October international break. So, Spy, your matric eight predictions. Let's go. Looting Spurs. Spurs comfortable win 4 1. Spurs comfortable win 4 1. Sheffield, full, Fulham, Sheffield. Fulham to win 2 0. Only Chelsea. Chelsea to win 1 0. United, Brentford. United to bounce back from the, the um, defeats against Galatasaray. So, also United to win 3 1. Everton, Bournemouth. Ooh. Dominic Solanke, specialty. Bon not to win 2-1. Palace Forest. I'll go for a Forest to win 1-0. Brighton Liverpool. Brighton Liverpool. Yeah, I need to wait. Because you said you say what? Brighton, what? That is going to be interesting. Brighton just coming up from defeat. I would like to I would like to see. But I'll give it to whose home is it? Is it Anfield? Brighton. No, no. I'm right, so I can give you a, a draw there, you know. I can say it's 2-0 draw. 2-2 two, two draw. Okay. Yeah. West Ham, Newcastle at the London Stadium. West Ham, Newcastle. Newcastle to win 1-0. Wolves, Aston Villa. Aston Villa to win 3-1. Okay. And then obviously, Arsenal City. City are without Rodri, by the way. City without Rodri. Uh, I still feel like they're comfortable. I'll give it to City 2-1. Why 
why so you don't think this Arsenal team can beat do you know if if Rodri was in the team as, a, as an Arsenal fan I wouldn't be that's as confident as I am right now without Rodri in the lineup so do you still think without Rodri in the lineup City will beat Arsenal 2-1 you still think City will beat Arsenal 2-1 100% 100% okay well I hope I'm correct and I think that it will go the other way around either a 2-1 win for Arsenal or 2-0 victory for Arsenal so well that's pretty much all we have for you guys this week try to keep you short and concise and precise as possible as I said we appreciate you guys a lot thank you guys for all your support thank you guys for all the love I'm David his spy we'll see you guys next week after match week 8 stay safe we're out <laughs>